We are experiencing some technical difficulties. It's the news. Go to me. Oh, good afternoon, because it's eight minutes afternoon. This is the news according to me. Monday, October 30th, 1209 p.m. 2023. And this is the news according to me. And I have some 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 things in my cup to share with you. I'm not going to share what's in my cup. I'm just going to share the information of my contents. What, what, yeah, you get you know what I mean. I'm just going to tell you what's in my cup. That's what basically. All right, I got I got some chai with some almond joy creamer in it. And then I've got I've got some homemade sweet tea. In my other oh now all my stuff's coming through now all of a sudden. All of a sudden. Technology is great until it isn't, and it's really bad. I have um, uh, several things to get into this morning, this afternoon, whatever time it is. I'm going to hopefully be able to post this pretty quickly. Uh, tomorrow there will be a show as well. Tomorrow morning, uh, planning on a show much earlier. Today I had some distractions. Had some. I had two things to do, and they, I, I couldn't do both of them. Uh, one of them I had to be here at the house for. The other one I was supposed to be someplace else for. And guess what? The house won. So I that that took up most of my morning. I wasn't planning on that. I would have gotten up earlier. Well, I don't know if I'd have gotten up any earlier or not. It just I got I got in late enough last night. I was just wiped out. I had been all over the country uh, in the last four days. Where all did I go? I went. I went to see. I went to. Uh, I ended up going to Cincinnati um, on Saturday, but Sunday. I actually uh, was in uh, a little town called Fargo, South Dakota. I'm sorry, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, Fargo's in North Dakota. I was in Sioux Falls. My goodness, it was snowing out there. There was there was snow on the ground. I should say it wasn't snowing when we got there, but it was there was snow on the ground. Uh, wasn't ready for that. Just wasn't ready to see that out the window of the airplane. Kind of freaked me out a little bit. The it's like going through a time warp. It's like I'm not ready for this yet. I just that's it can't be. There can't be snow on the ground everywhere out here. Everything was white. It wasn't a lot of snow. It was just enough to cover them. And it's heading this way, I guess. So I don't know. It's going to be snowing here soon. But the um, here in Indiana. So I have, um, I have I have tomorrow morning. I'm sure there'll be a show. The rest of this month, the, the I should say, the rest of November, all of no all of November, because <clears throat> it's not November yet. I have a weird schedule. It is an early morning schedule, which I kind of like better. However, it is a little bit harder for me to do a show. So you're probably going to get a lot of shows that have been recorded on my iPad or my iPhone because I have a little bit harder time being in the studio when I, on the mornings that I start. Now, what I might start doing is recording shows in the evening and, and posting them the next day in the mornings. That's possibly what I might do. I might also try this thing where, and this this has been an, a thought. I, I don't know how this goes. Um, I might start doing live shows in the evening. I, I think that there's actually probably a late night audience for this show. I don't know. When people are just kind of chilling out, trying to fall asleep, and they just need something to listen to that puts them to sleep. This this might be the show. I just that might happen. That might be the key to this this whole show. 
see how it goes. My, my dogs are, my dogs like that idea. They're barking about it. So let's see how that goes. Um, a couple big events, a couple big things. One, one is, uh, it, <laughs> it has become a meme. I should just, I should just read. I should, my whole show should just be reading memes from B Babylon B. It's, it's, they, they, they're so spot on sometimes. They have a, <laughs> a meme about Mike Pence. As you know, Mike Pence, probably, probably by now, probably, maybe you don't, right? because it didn't, I don't, I don't even know if it made national news. Mike Pence has decided to drop out of the race. And of course, at that time, all you hear at, at that moment is just, And, and what else do you have to say there, Mike, that we don't want to hear, hear about, that we don't really care about? I just, I just, I don't know the, the, I, I hate to disrespect the man and I, I'm not, I don't mean any disrespect by this, but he, he never should have been in this race. Never should have been in this race. I, I don't understand his thinking, his logic. Well, I, I do understand it. it. It's, it's much like DeSantis. DeSantis has the same has the same people around him. However, Mike Pence, I think, is one of those people. Uh, DeSantis, I, don't, I think, was just listening to the wrong people. De Mike Pence is one of those people who would have been in his ear talk, saying the same thing. However, obviously, he didn't, he didn't ask DeSantis to run. Mike, the more I hear Mike Pence speak, and this, he didn't used to be this way when he was governor, and, and I don't, and maybe he was a little bit, maybe he had this, the potential to be this way. I never saw him this way as when he was governor of Indiana. And the more he speaks, even, even when he was speaking, when he accepted the nomination, when he accepted the uh, to be the running mate for Donald Trump, I I, I picked up on an air of. It's an honor to serve in, at the, you know, at the pleasure of the president and all this kind of stuff, but blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm not so sure that what was going on in his head and his planning and the people around him, what, I would not be surprised, let's put it this way, knowing how badly he wants to be president and how much he thinks he deserves the job and he's the only man for the job. I, he, all right, let, let me just put it this way. He, he's a man who thinks very highly of himself. And not that he shouldn't be thought highly of, not that he deserves disrespect. However, the amount of respect he deserves probably is not to the level of what he expects to deserve. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how else to say it. So, so Mike Pence... Um, comes out and says, it's just not my time. It's not my time. Hello? Really? Like, what, you're like 1% in the polls? I believe that some big donors are kind of dropping, dropping out. That's what my understanding is, that they're, they're giving up on him. 
Now, he's made some weird statements. But I believe what he was looking for when he, when he accepted the nomination to begin with, in my opinion. Donald Trump didn't win because he, he selected Pence as his VP running mate. Now, of course, jokingly, surprisingly, I mean, it was a joke to me when he said it. He wasn't joking. When he said his running mate in the 2016 election. No, you were the running mate. He was the primary. You don't, you don't speak like that. You could, maybe technically you could have a, a, you could call it that, but that's not the way people see it. That's not the way people look at it. People didn't see Donald Trump as Mike Pence's running mate. That's not the way they see that. But you were saying it that way because you didn't want to mention his name. That was why you didn't. That's why you called him your running mate. And you're saying you're going to bring back all the things that you did under, under Trump. It's, it's like, well, but Trump's running. Why don't we just bring back Trump? And that's the whole point of this whole thing. Well, because of the mean tweets. Nobody has the business sense. Nobody on that, nobody in, on, on, of those candidates, with the exception of possibly Vivek Ramaswamy, might possibly have, well, he has more, let's put it this way, he has more business sense than anybody else up there on the screen. Now, he may not have as much as Donald Trump, but he does have, because he doesn't have the depth of experience. There's just a difference there. It, depth of experience means something. It's, it's and, and by depth, I mean years of doing it and all of the different positions and, and places he's been and, and people he's negotiated with and the tables he sat across from and the lawyers he's had to deal with and the politicians he's had to deal with. All, all those things play into that depth of experience. Someone might be very successful in what they're doing, but they haven't gone through the hard times yet. They haven't had the, the, the knock between the eyes, the, all the other stuff that goes on. Donald Trump's been through all that, and he's, he, it's, it's like water off a duck's back now because his, thin, his skin has gotten very thick. I would venture to say that the younger folks on that panel do not have that kind of experience level. Now, think what you might of Donald Trump and how he acts and what he says and what he does with regard to his personality and his ego and everything else. Sometimes you just have to put up with some things. His policies, most of them, I, I would say 98, 97% of them, I, I, I thought were spot on. There were a few things. Out of every hundred things he did, there were a few things I didn't like that I thought were wrong. Most of what he did, most economically, seemed to be on, on track. I mean, there was, and there were, some of those few things he did were big things, don't get me wrong. But there weren't very many of them. But he didn't get us into a nuclear war, as we were told by the left, the stock market didn't crash, as we were told by the left. He didn't hang gay people up in trees, as we were told by the left. 
Now we're being told by Rachel Maddow that he's going to go after everybody at MSNBC. He's going to arrest them and, and try them for treason and, and have them all executed. That, that's according to Rachel Maddow. That, that she literally said that. I played it on the show the other day. And she just, she says it as if it's going to happen and everybody, nobody pushes back on it. Nobody says anything about it. She just keeps on going with her statements. She just keeps right on going with her sentences and she just keeps on talking and nobody ever stops and goes, wait a minute, did you just say what you said? Do you really believe that? You think Donald Trump's going to do that? Yeah, we'll get into this in a little bit about who wants to kill who in, in just a minute. Who wants to see who dead? And it's not, it's not Trump that wants to see everybody dead. It's not Trump supporters that want to see everybody dead. Be very clear about that. So, so Mike Pence drops out and the world is aghast. They're gasping. Don't know what they're going to do without Mike Pence. Most of them are saying, Mike who? So, I think that Mike Pence was in that position. He, took, he accepted the position of VP because he didn't think Donald Trump was going to last even two years. He figured Donald Trump would be booted out of office within a year and he was going to be president or within, you know, within his term at least. And the next thing you know, he's going to be president. Or but he might just serve for one term under, under Donald Trump and then Trump's going to, you know, back off and... He saw it as his ticket in. When it ended the way it did, I think he um, saw his opportunity was that, well, Trump's support, Trump's, there were a lot of people, including Kevin McCarthy, who came out against Donald Trump after January 6th saying he was reckless and he said all these things and he did all this stuff. He was, you know, held him responsible for what happened on January 6th at the Capitol building. And that's the day that Mike Pence threw Donald Trump under the bus. In that moment, he had an opportunity and no, they weren't coming to kill Mike Pence. And they weren't coming to kill Nancy Pelosi. The only person that was killed that day was Bobbitt, an unarmed protester who was trying to go through a window. No one's being threatened. No one's life was being threatened. Talk about overkill. Excessive force. A man steps up and takes a shot at her and shoots her basically in the head, but she was, they got her in the throat. She dies. An internal investigation shows that there was, he did, there was no wrongdoing. And when, a, when, a, when, a, when they're... Let me put it this way. I used to train officer defense tech tactics and stuff back in the 80s. Believe it or not, I was a young kid and I was teaching this kind of stuff to the state police. And local police, mostly local police, but the state police got involved a little bit too. 
And there are clear rules of engagement and de-escalation and all kinds of other things that they talk about. There's all kinds of use of force is a big issue. It used to be, used to be a bigger issue, in my opinion. What I'm seeing today doesn't seem – they'll, they'll, they'll ask you to get out of the car. If you don't get out of the car, they're going to tase you. And I, I don't understand that mentality. That was not the mentality 40 years ago. And I, I don't understand how we've gotten to this place. Now, I'm not saying all law enforcement is this way, but I, I, what I've seen in some big cities in some areas, especially in blue states, seems like it's worse. There is no respect for the human being at all. Get out of the car. You don't comply. I'm going to tase you. I, 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 I don't have any legs. I can't get out of the car. Bang. Here you go. We're going to tase you. You're not complying. And it's, I, I do not understand that. The taser was never meant to be that. It was meant to be a defensive weapon, not a compliance weapon. Compliance is something that was not a big deal, but you know, it was. Use of any force was to be used as a, you know, not all of a sudden this non-lethal force thing opened up all kinds of cans of worms here with all the issues of you know, when, when can we use it? Someone simply refuses to, come to, to go with you or refuses to put their hands behind their back. Now, all of a sudden, we have the right to put them in pain and put marks on, them, on their body. I, it, I don't understand that. A person who's non-threatening, doesn't threaten anybody else, doesn't threaten the cops, doesn't threaten anybody around them. It, that's time for conversation. That's time for de-escalation. It's time for cooperation. It is not time to start for three cops to pound on somebody. That stuff happens. Not just to black people. The, and I, and I realize there, there's a lot of tension right now. Be, to be, being a police officer is not, not an easy job. And it's, it, it, it believe me, it, it's not an easy job. And, they're all on a kind of a hair trigger right now with, with emotions. It's kind of like a cop who's chasing someone on a high-speed chase who, who maybe, you know, they're just, they're, their adrenaline is flowing like crazy. Person crashes their car and gets out and starts running. That cop's going to chase him down. I guarantee you when he gets a hold of him, the adrenaline's still going to be flowing. It is hard to shut that off. It is hard to maintain a professional mentality under the heat of that kind of pressure. It takes a serious self-discipline. I mean, it's a tremendous self-discipline to remain professional in that kind of environment. Now, that comes through training. You have to have, that's just, that is simply, pure and simple, it comes through training. And unfortunately, I don't think officers are getting that kind of training today. The kind of training it requires that. Now, that being said, where was I going with this story? I, how did I go down this rabbit hole, rabbit trail, whatever it is? We have, um, where was it? Where was I going with all that? I don't even remember. I, I, just, I just pause here and, and think for a moment. Let me take a sip. This might work. 
No, that didn't do it. Maybe the sweet tea will do it. Well, that was good. It was all good. I remember. I remember what it was. And maybe it was the uh, sweet. Well, it might have been the combination of the two. Maybe the two of them fighting in my stomach. Possibly with that. Yeah, I remember what I was talking about. And I, well, folks, uh, unfortunately, I lost about 20 minutes worth of show. I just, I just lost it. Uh, I looked over. It wasn't recording. And uh, I had some really good content there. Some, some of the best content I've ever had. And it was, it's just gone. So I'm going to try to go over the subjects again that I was talking about. I don't, I don't know that it's, it's, it's going to be a different, it's going to be different, I'm sure, because I, I don't know uh, everything I said. But I, I think I was just talking about the way that I, I just figured out uh, one of the things I was trying to figure out what I was talking about before. And I, I do remember that. But I, lost a, I lost at least 20 minutes worth of the show. That, that, that's it's so frustrating because I was really on a roll. And you know how that goes. You know, you just, you know, it's like this, con this is like magic content. It's like, it's, it's just incredible. You know, it's, it's almost mystifying how incredible it can be. So the, um, these officers that were there at the, at the, at the uh, execution of Bobbitt there at the January 6th event. You know, we're so talking about police reactions and that kind of thing. One person, if you look at all the other officers in the room, I don't, I don't even think there were any other officers that had their, their guns drawn. It was, it's been my experience in, in these kind of situations. And I, I've, I had some experience, it's 40 years ago. And, but still, nonetheless, it was still, people are still people and dealing with them is still the same thing. You have a group of officers, whenever there's a group of officers in the same situation with the same threat level, basically in the same perspective, and only one of them has a gun drawn, and only one of them pulls the trigger. That one, when the other 10 didn't see, didn't see the threat the way that guy did, that guy's probably wrong. Unless he's seeing something that none of the rest of them are. Now, if everybody's got their gun drawn and everybody's shooting, except for one, th that, that guy's probably wrong too. He probably should have had his gun drawn and he probably should have been shooting. Not always. But there, there is this issue of one guy comes up and shoots one shot. No one else is panicking. No one else is... There, there's this... There's a certain energy level that goes into when an officer is in a, in a situation that is threatening or that is, uh, they, they main, they tr even if they can maintain the discipline of maintaining professionalism, there, they, there is still a heightened energy level in their voice, in their actions, and everything that's going on. If a person pulls out a knife or a gun, that officer, I, I, I see officers shooting way too soon all, all the time. And, and I'm not saying it's too soon. I'm just, I'm just saying that there would have been another option. Some of them are too quick to pull the, sh the trigger. I, I'm not, but I don't fault them for that. What I'm saying is they could have been better trained. Their trigger discipline, 
was poor. Am I going to say that they're criminals for doing it? No. I'm going to say they could have been more, they could have been better prepared. And that is not their fault. That is on the fault of the instructors and the trainers and the people who are doing their job. But I, I just, I, I see trigger happy cops right now. And it's I'm not, I'm not, that's not even really a fair term because trigger happy means they're looking for a reason to, to pull that trigger. It's like they want to pull that trigger. They want to be the hero. I have met some officers that way. They're just looking for an opportunity to sh- one of them, I had an officer one time tell me, you know, if I'm standing here, you know, if there's a hostage standing there and he's got a gun to her head, I'm going to shoot through the, through the, through the hostage. I'm going to shoot the hostage to get to him, to kill him. I'm like, who, who, who taught you that? What, what, what are you, what are you talking about? I, Explain the situations you've got in your head here a little bit better. He, but what, what got me was not so much that he was willing to make that, that kind of decision. It was the excitement in his voice about it. That's a pretty sad situation to be in. It's, it's not something that you want to, well, I'm going to do it because I'm you know, puffing out your chest and saying that's what you're going to do. That, that to me seemed weird. That's, that, there's something wrong with you. You need to go back to Psycheval. Because that is just, that's just wrong. And maybe that's what was going through this guy's head. I don't know. Looking for an opportunity to use that gun. Because there are some officers that worship their weapons. It's, it's probably more prevalent today than, than before, but there's no discipline. Professional, I would call it professional discipline in some of these situations that I'm seeing. And that concerns me greatly because, and I know that funding to, you know, do what needs to be done to train these people and, and, and get them through the training they need is not always there. Having a hard enough time just finding police officers, let alone the you know people who are willing to go through all the training. Now, having said that, my dogs are barking now, so that's important because you know. Can you hear them in the background? There, they're barking. Somebody's probably at the door. Somebody's probably delivering a package. So, oh my goodness more and more of that. We have, um, hopefully I won't have any more technical issues here with the, with the system. Of course, I won't, as long as they're barking, I won't have any. That, that never happened. You know, if, if they weren't barking, I'd probably have technical issues. It's one thing or another. It's got to, you know, it's always something. One other thing I want to talk about real quick, uh, just change gears here real quick, is Mike Johnson. Dogs are excited about Mike Johnson, apparently. The uh, people are asking questions about whether or not he's really going to be a good speaker or not, whether or not he's going to be. I know I, there are some conservatives that I have heard talk about him. They're really picking him apart. And I, I now you have to understand where this guy's coming from. And I, I, I think that we have a pretty good choice here, personally. 
Um, is he is he the Messiah? No, and that's that's what gets me about these people. They're, they're, everybody wants to find somebody who's perfect for the job. Well, it, okay, so you didn't like Kevin McCarthy and you wanted Jim Jordan. Some people wanted Jim Jordan. Why? Why? Who exactly is your pick? I mean, a lot of conservatives were on board with Jim Jordan. There, I but I even heard people picking on him. You've got to realize not everybody that you put into that position is going to be exactly what you want them to be. Can you get 95% of it? Well, let's go with that. I, I, personally, I, from everything I'm seeing about this guy, I think he's more than 95%. I don't know. And I, but I, now, however, I do know that that position can corrupt people. Maybe he'll start out at 98% and he'll turn into 50%. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be the biggest crook that's ever stepped in. I, we don't know. He's, un, he's untried, unproven. Nobody knows. He's a human being. He's capable of all kinds of evil. He's also capable of all kinds of good things. So let's just see how it pans out. Give him an opportunity. I, he's he's clashing with Mitch McConnell right now, which is that shows me one. It's that's good. I'm I'm happy to see that happen. Uh, the left is their heads are popping off, saying that he's you know a horrible person, which that that's good. I'm glad to hear that. That's that's a good sign. He is coming out in support of Israel fun, uh, funding for Israel. That's what that's what some of the conservatives are having a hard time with. Um. Okay. I understand why they're upset. I I don't like to see funding going to anywhere. I I don't I don't see seeing funding going outside of our shores unless it's something for humanitarian aid that really is needs to be done. Like somebody, you know, like like that, that actually gets to the people. You know, a hurricane strikes someplace, or a, a you know let's let's do something to fund that. However, I would much rather have it be through. We have plenty of private funding organizations in this country. 501c3s and cbs or whatever they are all kinds of weird denominations now they they can do a perfectly fine job now, the red cross and all those people all those organizations can do a perfectly good job of helping to provide aid they don't have to take from taxpayers to fund this stuff it's you know french the French think we have, we give more than anyone else per capita and than anyone else in, in, in America. No. Americans of their own free will give about 80% of the aid that goes out to the rest of the world. 80% of it is funded by Americans. United States citizens. 80% of it. Probably not any, that much anymore, but it's actually probably is actually still at, about that read. Now, French, as a government, compared to their population, yeah, they fund a lot of other things. They take everybody's money and they fund what the government funds whatever they want to fund. Our government doesn't do that. And we fund more per capita on a personal level than any other country on the planet. On a personal level. And guess who gives more than anyone? Guess from which side of the political aisle donates more money 
of that 80%, of, well, let's say of 100% of the funds that go outside the country that are funded through per- private organizations, guess what percentage of people give the most? It's almost 75%, actually over, it, it's, that's a pretty conservative estimate, actually. It's probably way well over 75%, but over 75% are Republicans or people who lean to the right, conservatives and independents or independent conservatives, conservative libertarians, those kinds of people, conservatives. Because these bleeding heart liberals want us to take other people's money. They want, they want to spend other people's money. You have to realize, Hillary Clinton, the last, she's had two incidences now where she's been, two incidents, incidences, incidents, where she has actually been accosted by people in, I guess, I guess she was at Columbia University. I played some audio of her recently. This guy got up in her face about talking about funding the wars and the war mongering things she's doing. And he, he apparently was, this was at Columbia University, apparently. And she was at another university or someplace else speaking recently, and the same thing happened. In fact, this guy gets up and asks and says, why was your husband at Epstein Island? And, and the crowd went nuts, and they dragged the guy out of the, out of the building. They were actually defending her. Oh, what are you doing? What are you talking about? They dragged him out of the building. for asking the question, what was your husband doing at Epstein Island? Well, this still begs the question, what was your husband doing at Epstein Island? The man who cheated on you for 12 years with a particular individual, the man who was having pizza with an intern in the Oval Office. That guy, yeah, that guy who I'm sure was the only two people he ever cheated with, even though there were several others that came forward and several other stories, story after story, from the time this guy was governor of Arkansas to the time he was in the, in the White House. And we're just supposed to be okay with that. He's not a pig, no. He's not a bad guy. And you deserve to be the president because you were his wife and you put up with it. So we're supposed to be okay with that. But oh my goodness, someone asked a question about what you were doing on Epstein Island, of all places. The guy who was, yeah. Very strange things going on there. Guy who has a picture of Bill Clinton in a dress. It's a painting of Bill Clinton in a dress. hanging on his wall in Epstein Island. The man who's a known trafficker of children, sex trafficker, something that everybody's going after now, but they won't go after. Where's the list? The FBI has the list of all of Epstein's clients. Have we seen the list? No. Are we going to see the list? Has the list ever come up in court records? No, it's never going to happen. Much like Hunter Biden's laptop. 
These people are incorrigible. You have to realize, for them, government is their God. Politics is their religion. They don't think that there is any supply outside of the source of government that will sustain them. They look to government to be the answers of all their problems and all their issues, questions. They have the answer. I just recently heard something about AI taking over the – I think this might have been on Joe Rogan. AI taking over the – having a, a government that's run by AI, artificial intelligence, well, that you can just go to and ask the questions. They can have all the solutions for everything because it has all this infinite knowledge. So of any of the problems you have out there, AI can fix it. AI can implement the, the solution. And what if AI decides that the problem is humans shouldn't exist? What if that's what the decision is from AI? I'm telling you, I think AI, I, I say that with air quotes going on because there's no such thing as artificial intelligence. There is programmed algorithms that have to go into every intelligence situation. Look, look at the search engines that Google has. You think you're just searching the internet. No. You use Google to search the internet. They provide you they, they are able through the algorithms to put certain things forward before anything else shows up. In fact, certain clicks, they can put advertisements up there for you. People pay for that. I used to use Google, Google AdSense when I had a business back in, in like 2007, 2006. This is back on its, in its fledgling years. I would, I would pay for certain terms. If, if people typed in certain things into a search engine. Say, say I wanted to sell widgets and I, I typed in widgets for sale. And I saw how much that, I could bid on that. So every, every time somebody clicked on that or, or put that into a particular search engine and that popped up at the top of the search list on, the, on page one, because that's why all, you know, 90% of people just look at page one. My ad will show up at the top if I pay enough money for it. I will show up first in those search results. And if someone clicks on it, I pay 50%, I pay, I pay 50 cents or a dollar or whatever it is that I'm bidding for to win that, that term. Now, if I, if I look on there and it says, okay, somebody else is already paying a dollar for that. If I pay a dollar 25, then that's, then I get my, my search done. What Google was not telling anybody at this time was that they were still charging people the dollar. They, they would charge me a dollar 25 and the other person a dollar and then somebody else at 25 cents. They would still charge them that. That's what they were willing to pay to have, have, have them clicked on, on their link. It's a shady, and then, of course, there was a lawsuit. I think I, there was a class action lawsuit against Google for it. And I think, I think, you know, of course, I think I got like $25 out of the thousands that I spent on AdSense to be at the top of search results for my company. It, this is, this is AI, folks. This is the, these, are, these are the people who are creating this stuff. They control the algorithms. They control the outcome. It's not artificial at all. It doesn't think on its own. It doesn't come up with the right solutions. You're not plugging in the Ten Commandments and it says you have to, you have to govern all of your – everything, all of your decisions have to be governed by these principles, biblical principles. No, that's not going to happen. It's not going to be biblical principles. It's going to be the woke society with their faux, phony you – know, when you talk about faux leather, F-A-U-X, faux 
leather, faux whatever. Faux fur, whatever it is. Fake fur. Fur coat. Leather jacket. It's faux, it's faux leather. It's not real leather. This is phony morality. It's a fake morality. Faux morality that the left has invented. And it has more to do with the way they feel about something than, than any kind of external rules or laws. It's not God's law. It's their law according to them and the way they feel about it. Well, you have to call me by my personal pronouns or I'm going to have you arrested. I can call you anything I want. I want trans rights. Trans rights are human rights. No, human rights are human rights. You're a human, you get rights. Same as my rights. You don't get special rights. You, get, you just get the, the rights that everybody else has. You don't get rights that are superior to mine. That's where we need to, to really boil this back down to, folks. But that's not where we are. We are in a situation where if you don't obey, you don't comply to the fascists, you will be canceled. And dare I say, even in Canada, you might even be, have your, you might find your bank account gone. In other countries that are doing the same thing. Have your professional licenses taken away. Jordan Peterson's going through that right now in Canada. I think, I think that they have actually taken away his ability to practice neuropsychology. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, it's believable. It's just unbelievable. Well, folks... Rather than try to risk any more interruptions from my technology situation here, I think I'm probably going to have to shut this whole thing down and start over again for tomorrow. But in the meantime, I would like to uh, thank you for listening, putting up with my ramblings for the day. As we talk about uh, more subjects for tomorrow, I may, I may try to compile some things for tomorrow, uh, some audio of some of the things that have been said recently concerning Israel, Hamas, and some of the other things that are going on. My nephew lives in Israel, by the way, and he was recently uh, quoted in an article, which is kind of interesting. My, my brother actually sent it to me. It's his son. He's got eight children over there, and he, um, he it was interesting because they were talking about arming public. Like over here, when he lived over here, he had, he had, he had guns, and he actually got, his home was invaded at one point, and he defended his home with a, with a gun. And it's interesting to hear his, his opinion on things over there. God bless everybody. Have a great weekend, a great week. Take care.